0: about today is just how the demand seems to be that we keep it real. No, not we, that I keep it real. That whatever is happening, unfolding in my life, is the thing to be dealt with in the moment. That's the thing that really is, regardless of how I thought it would be or where I thought I would be on the, on the continuum of enlightenment. None of that in the moment matters. What matters is how it really unfolds. Talk about, oh Lord, talk about an adventure in faith. Somebody could say for real, for real. An adventure in faith where we are deferring let me be clear, where I am willing to trust divine guidance. Now, let's be clear. I've told you many, many times before that this is not a mountaintop teaching. So in any given moment, I can find myself having said those words and then see evidence of not trusting. I need to just pause for a moment and acknowledge. All of the opportunities, all of the experiences, where the affirmation, where the declaration, I am so grateful that we begin every heart and soul service in devotion, with our devotional, so we set the tone. Because in truth, we got stuff to clean up. I am so grateful for your prayer this morning, Suzette and Ron, for the way that you set the tone, because it gave me personally an opportunity to adjust it gives me an opportunity to let go of whatever happened with the mic. Because there was a time in my life where this talk, whatever the message is, that it would be encumbered by whatever didn't work well. Oh, I'm talking not just for me this morning. This message is not just for me. But it's for anyone who finds themselves in that little, you know, Three steps forward and five back (laughs) in some moments or three forward and a half a step back. But sometimes we can spend the whole day, the week on the half step back. But the opportunity is not to pretend like it didn't happen. So we're not talking denial. It is instead to incorporate it. In a way that we benefit because there was something about that that we probably didn't know before. We probably didn't know. Now what's interesting is I had already prepared a message that focuses on this. I just thought I was telling it from a different place on the road. Do do y'all know what I'm talking about? I really thought that okay sometimes as a when I have um, had occasion to to train speakers it's this notion of the unhealed speaker that i caution against folks speaking about what they haven't worked through or where they are not at a point where they can speak to it and so i questioned this morning during the devotional am i do i need a new talk do i need what cuz where where am i in this am i at a place in my own evolution in my own expansion, in my own self-expression, where I can speak to it? Or do I need a practitioner? You, do, do you understand what I what I mean when I say that? Or do I need to be in, in a relationship with a coach, a therapist, a practitioner, someone to help me work through it? Or am I at a point where I have worked through it, not that I'm done, but that I can at least speak to it, from a place of of awareness. From a place of awareness, yes? So, um, I think I can. (laughs) I think I can. I I think it's safe for me to, I think it's safe to go in the water this morning. I do, I do. And and a part of, well, let's just see. Let's just see where we go with this. So look, I had this thought this morning of um, what, Or how does what you think you know about yourself, about your life, about your finances, about your health, about your relationships, about other folks' behavior, how does that impact your life? What you think you know. Let me just tell you, I am having a moment this morning because <clears throat> part of the time while I was away, I had cataract surgery um, and it was, we were expecting based on the way the schedule was and where I was in line for the, for the surgery that it would happen this summer. Mm-hmm. And um, instead I got a call last week that they could do it on Friday, on Holy Friday. And I was like, oh. uh," And then I thought, wait a minute. Dr. Will is here. He's doing the Friday and the Sunday. And this is an ideal, yeah, heck yeah. I'll be there. And so we did this, but this morning. So the metaphor that I'm living in right now is I can see clearly. (laughs) Because the moment I just had is I've not been able to. There's a monitor in the back that shows the slides and i haven't been able to see that since we put it up i mean i can see the monitor i don't need like a dog and a stick but i've not been able to i could just see the image i couldn't read anything i couldn't the slide would be there but it didn't serve me at all i just know it was up and this morning just a moment ago i was literally reading from that so so change is is a foot now? There's something about I've been using this as a metaphor for my life that I can see clearly. I've been telling myself I can see clearly, and it's not just around now. These these new islands, this, this is something because when I'm wearing of leaders that I may not even need now that I think about it. For the close work, now that I see that, I can see. Well, yeah, I'm working it out. What you are catching that we often don't is the moment where it is all unfolding in that moment. So there's a lot. I know often I come, and it appears that I have worked it out, and I do. And sometimes I have. This ain't that day. <laughs> this, this ain't that day. If you're looking for that day, you're going to have to go back and review another, another job, because this one is unfolding like in the moment. So this notion of, of how does what we think we know impact our life experience who we are and how we approach it my prayer is that to a person we are already feeling that we have some examples of how this works but i'm going to help you out in terms of some examples but look this idea there's there's kind of a long standing concept that i really appreciate for my own purposes, and I often share it with you, and it is movements and consciousness. Sure. So it's this notion about not only how does it impact you, but how are you in it? Because there's always, and this is why, why well, it's not my culinary preference. It is my metaphoric preference, baklava because there are so many layers in this. You understand what I'm saying? So many layers in this. So, th- ooh. ooh, So look, just this morning, when I arrived, I knew that um, one of the changes that was take- had taken place here is that I'd have a new mic. So, it's just a little clip on fella up here. And that's very different because for years I've done something else. So, I knew that I needed to be here before we moved to live. And so, when we did our testing, that folks at home, that y'all at home, wouldn't hear to test. That was the intention. So, when I arrived, there was a little traffic backup. Well, in my mind, I'm like, I didn't allow for no traffic backup. Because when I pulled out of my driveway, I needed to be here then. And While I was backing up, I was to be here. So in my mind, I had to collapse that time and magically appear here at the same moment that I was backing out. Now, some of you are already knowing that that's not possible, didn't occur to me. I was thinking. I'm going to be there as I back out. Nothing is going to stop me. Well, something did. And then the question is, so then what? Because what's true in life is that stuff happens. Stuff happens, and we are left to, this is the pop quiz. So there's a moment when I thought, oh, you had a pop quiz, and now you're going to have to take it again. Thank you, you know, you, you really want to celebrate the pop quiz as evidence of, see, I told you I knew. See, I told you I've been working on that. You put a little swagger in your step after the pop quiz, but not this morning. This morning, if I had had magical powers, I would have disappeared vehicles. You know what I'm saying? So somebody's thinking, don't give her none. And that would be wise, because in that moment, it was a moment of unconscious behavior. Hear me now, so that we can begin to recognize it when we're there. So now what's interesting about this is what helped me recognize it is that I saw it in somebody else. And when I, when I went to offer, not directly, but when I had the awareness of, oh my goodness, I realized that we were on the same page, that we were right there in that same vibration. And that was my awakening. Now, there's a part of me that wished that I had awakened at the corner. But I'm just grateful right now that I awakened. I'm ju- you know, sometimes you, I'm just, I just have to, in my own self-honesty, you know, what I tell myself, I'm grateful that I awakened. Sure enough, I wish I'd awakened before I got in the driveway, before I got up this mo- you know, all the things in my spiritual practice this morning and all of it. But if none of that worked, I'm just grateful that I did awaken before I got up here. And so sometimes it's by mere milliseconds. I hope this is making sense. I hope this is making sense. So this notion of movements and consciousness finds us in this place, in these places that are, I'm hoping that my example this morning helps you to see that it happens in milliseconds. Sometimes we look at the map that you see on the screen and you go, like, yeah, I already did that. But what I'm saying is from the time you got up and walked to your bathroom, you may have already been around the thing, <laughs> depending upon what you saw on the floor, what you thought you heard, what you, all of the things, I hope you're getting this, that we are in and out of this because this morning in my preparation and as I, as I, as I set myself to arrive, I I thought I was in a different place in consciousness. And what was revealed was not right now. Not right now you're not. But that doesn't cut you off. That doesn't mean you won't be if you put in the correction. If you're willing to think A different thought if you're willing to know something more so in our familiarity with this I just want to say that the thing I just saw was release trying to control and right now it felt like a personal message to me like do y'all see it on the screen too or was that just magically appearing for me you know what I mean is that like a message from the universe from the divine to me or can everybody see it and benefit from it as well It's hard to tell sometimes but this idea of where I know I was was in that victim quadrant where something was happening to me somebody was doing something to me or so I was acting like because in truth there's only one so there is nobody who could be doing something to me and nothing was being done that had anything to do with me but on my planet I was being offended, and on my planet, I think I stopped just short of it being personal. Watch yourself now, because that's the slippery slope. Once it gets to be personal, it probably isn't, first of all, but once you've decided is, it can be, you might have to like get a tool to chip away the attachment. To it, oh, I hope this is benefiting somebody other than me. If otherwise, I guess y'all are excused and I'll just work it out. And so the next quadrant is this, this idea of it's happening by me. You know, that I'm so self-aware that now, but this is a better place than it being done to me. It still is not our intention for our vibration in a given moment. Yes? Okay. And so if we, can, if we can embody that it's being done by me, that, that what's happening here has, every, has my fingerprints on it. What's happening here has my fingerprints on it. I'm doing something to cause this. I'm involved in the way this is happening. This has something to do with me. It's not, you see, in my prior thinking, it didn't have nothing to do with me. I'm just like picking out the people. It has everything to do with it. Like, yeah, And you too, you had something to do with it. You see, but now I'm like, okay, yeah, I was I was in the mix too. I had something to do with it too. Moving from there, we begin to, if we can, if we can let go, if we can let go, full stop, Mm -hmm. we can begin to get a sense of how life can unfold that there might have been a listening from me to go a different way. Or to, to, it wasn't until I got in there that I thought I could have had somebody else pull my car in. I was already here. I was already in my seat when it came to me. But it came to me that that wasn't the only possibility. Oh, I'm trying to work this out, y'all. Then, if I can be in this place of it is everything I need is coming to me, is available to me, I already have all of my needs met. What's required is that I recognize it. Yes. And once I recognize the divine, look at here, Val, pass me that paper that's right there on top. I thought it was going to be in part two, but we need it right now. Genevieve Barron. Oh. (laughs) There's some fans. (laughs) I love it when I can preach to the choir. (laughs) Come on with it. So look. Genevieve Barron, Your Invisible Power? Yes, Your Invisible Power is her book. And we have used it extensively. In it, she, she offers this affirmation. Well, I'm treating it as an affirmation. It was a sentence in the book. My father is the ruler of all the world and is expressing his directing power through me. Would y'all like to say that? If I, let's, let's do this. My father is the ruler of all the world. and is expressing his directing power through me. And is expressing his directing power through me. Can you see how this can benefit us when we are in that third quadrant? When we see the impact of me, when we see the impact of what I can do, of how i am in it when we when from that from that awareness from that place in consciousness i can affirm my father is the ruler of all the world and is expressing his directing power through me my shoulders might go back my head might clear my heart might open yes, yes. and if i do that enough if i do it sufficiently I then find myself tr- surrendered in a transcendent state. And in that state, it is happening, it is literally happening through me. It's not just being directed through me. It is, there is, it doesn't have to direct through me because the me and it is expressing as one. God and I be one in that moment, yes? She offers us the suggestion that we think carefully and that we say this over consistently until the impression is made upon our own subconscious mind that that's the key. I had another story in mind to share, but my sense is that I have delivered the example for this notion of seeing ourselves in it and being willing to make whatever change is required, this morning, in my last night, actually, in my commitment to bring this, I was just sitting with how to how what's the visual? And this is what came to my mind. I'm going to ask them to ask uh, chi Chi to, to put up this visual of the, uh, my path forward, or uh, Sufi. sorry. So this is what is represented, this notion, this is the way I out picture it. This is what I see in my mind's eye. So on my path forward, this may apply to you, and if so, get some, and it may not. So just kind of bear with me in that case. What I am reminding myself of is that I always have choice. I have choice in terms of how I respond to any situation, any circumstance, any person, no matter how they behave. Let's be clear. No matter how they behave or what is happening, I then get to decide. Sometimes well, quickly, sometimes not so much. The bottom line is I am always at choice. And so here's the path, you're on the path always. Your path forward, you're always on your path, at least the way I see it, and then there's an incident, whatever the incident is. And the choice then is to react or to respond. In my world, I'm not pretending that this is true for everybody, but in my world, this is exactly how I see it. So when I react, some of of what happens in the reaction is my thought is, what is wrong with them? what is wrong with them that they said, that they did, that they think, that they, that they? And sometimes it's what's wrong with me. Sometimes in the incidents, I'm thinking, in the, whatever the incident is, I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I see that? Why didn't I know that? Why did I trust? Why did I? I'm just, you, you see, regardless, it's the beat up, isn't it? Okay. So when I react, some of the things that happen is attack. I never should have trusted you. So now I'm just going to kill you. I'm going to try to control the situation, put the, put the genie back in the bottle. You know, it happened, but now I'm going to try to fix it in some way. I'm going to blame. I'm going to be in fear. I'm going to defend my position. I'm in judgment for sure. And I'm making assumptions. You have to. In reaction... Assumptions are part of the equation, okay? However, I also, same incident, I had an opportunity to respond. In which case I could say, what can I learn from this? Because this is information. That's what's happening. This is information. This is a situation. This is a circumstance. And it's going to offer me some feedback about me. Now, that may be why we don't go that way right away, because we know we're about to find out something about self. I don't know. But when we respond, we call forth an opportunity for peace, for joy, for being open, for faith, for trust, for freedom. It requires ownership because you're there, so it has something to do with you. And the way I see it is that one path, the reactionary path, leads to an implosion. I mean, I don't know how long you can travel it. Because my prayer is that I always come to. That there's a point at which I come to before I self implode. That I come to more quickly every time is my prayer. Because here's what I know, I'm going to trip and fall. Part of the reason we want to do our uh, build our upper body strength is so we can get ourselves up. Yes. When we are in response mode, where we're taking responsibility, it has an expansion energetic to it. Because we're le- remember our question, what can I learn from this? That's an expansionary question. It's an expansive kind of question because whatever the answer is, it gives you something that you didn't know. Because if you're going to learn something, if you already knew it, you're not learning it. So it's an invitation. It's a way of saying, I'm open, show me what I need to see. Does this make sense? Good. Because look, to me, whatever it is we, whatever is happening in that, Whatever it is that we are saying to ourselves about the situation, the circumstance, ourselves and others, God always says yes. Now that's the good news and that's the news that should help us to straighten ourselves up. It's because exactly, just like we had on the right side, it is done unto me. As I believe, as I'm believing I'm being wronged, as I'm believing somebody's doing something to me, as I'm believing, because all of that is saying who we are, who and how we are. That belief, see, I I know we aren't thinking that thought, but the thought we're thinking triggers the belief that something can happen to me, that I'm at the effect of stuff happening. That my life can be ruined by somebody I can't even name. You see, we aren't thinking that thought consciously, but the thought we are thinking is the gateway for that thought. Don't ask me how I know. Talani Kennard, sister friend, wrote the song, God Always Says Yes. Part of the lyric is, every choice, reflects what's in our minds. Our success and failures are lessons in life. God gives us all that we need through spirit. Our minds believe, our hearts help us to achieve. God always says yes. God always says yes. There's a line in the lyric that says, hold tight to God's unchanging hand. Ah. And I feel like that, that blends beautifully with the line from Genevieve Baron, where she says, my father is the ruler of all the world. Hold tight to that awareness. Hold tight to that awareness that right where I am, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is, she says, expressing its directing power through me, and I'm going to add as me. Hold tight. Hold tight to the most powerful awareness. Not the the, I'm right about this and you're wrong about this. Hold tight to, to the overarching presence of the divine. Oh, I'm talking to myself this morning. Remember, I'm the one who had the pop quiz. And the pop quiz said, no, you need to stay after school. Get the tutor. You need to go to uh, detention. And study hall, that's what I mean. Not detention, but study hall. No, no, Reverend Andriette, you little pop quiz came out. You didn't do so good. You go to study hall. And so this is part of that for me, this awareness of, so what is it? How does what I think I know get in my way? How does it, how does it, first of all, let me say that it does get in the way. And Albert Einstein reminds us that our imagination is much more important than our knowledge. So even though I think I know that, even though I think I know that my family and the structure of the family and the, the uh, across time would mean that that places me in a certain place. Sometimes it says I can't do certain things or sometimes looking at that lineage, it says I ought to be doing certain things. But instead, what, we're, what we know is that our imagination is more powerful and more important. So I can begin to, this idea that my father is the ruler of all the world and is expressing its directing power through me, I'm gonna have to imagine some of that. Because I've lived a whole life where that's not been a consistent thread. In many, many cases. And so I'm gonna have to imagine that something else is happening. Because if I start picturing my biological father in this, I'm going to be limited in what I can come up with. And for some, that's going to be a traumatic thought. So on the continuum, it can go anywhere from traumatizing folks to just confusing. So what we're calling on, what I'm calling on me to do is to imagine, is to imagine how this happens in me. Genevieve Baron says your mental picture is the force of attraction. That imagination is the force of attraction. It's, what's, it's the magnetic charge would be another way of, of saying it. And it combines the originating substance into specific shape. We're gonna be talking about, I'm gonna be talking about imagination and the power of it more specifically, but I want to drop this here with you. Before you can entertain the idea of making a mental picture of your desire as being at all practical. So you have a mental picture of your desire, but you're like, I want that, but I don't even know nobody who has that. You, you know what I mean? I really want that, but I don't have any idea how that could be true for me. How would I look in that? Who would I be with? I don't know nobody who we have all of that so she's acknowledging that before you can really entertain the idea engage the idea be with it you must make a mental picture of your desire and have some idea of your being of your I am this is gonna be a whole a whole section about our clarity about who we are, really informs what we think we can, be, do, and have. She says, just as soon as you are conscious of your I amness you begin to wish to enjoy the freedom which this consciousness suggests. But it's not until you're clear about your I am. Are you the one who can be in that relationship? Yeah, that list and all of that, that that you see, yeah, all that's good, but are you the one who could be in that? Are you the one who could drive that car? Really, where are you going to park it? Oh, I hadn't. So there's, there's some things, there's, there's a point of awareness as you come into your clarity about your I amness and begin to shift it so that it then is the mental, emotional, and spiritual equivalent of your desire. Yeah? Neville says by imagination, we have the power to be anything we desire to be. And then the note in my head is, or do not consciously desire to be. Because it cuts both ways. When we imagine, we are often, when we talk about it here, we're imagining that we have, that we are, that we be, that we do. But often, we're also imagining that we can't, that we won't, that we're not. And it's all imagination. So the idea is that we're going to be doing it consciously, recognizing that the divine in us, Christ in us, the Christ consciousness that is us, is our imagination. Scripture is coded in that way so that we begin to see that only as we live by imagination can we truly be said to be living rather than by autopilot. You know, just here, I'm here and I'm alive. But I'm not living, I'm not living my vision. I'm not being my purpose. I'm not in a state of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave you with this path forward. My path forward that, if you'll put the visual back up for us, please. this, This place where we remind ourselves that we are always at choice as to whether we react which speaks to us doing what we've always done or what we've done before. And often regretting it once we come to ourselves, once we move up through through the quadrants and have an awareness of what it means to be as we have been. Or we are responding taking responsibility for our actions and our awareness, posing the question rather than what's wrong with me or what's wrong with them and why is this always happening to me? Instead, what might I learn from this? What has this come to, what message is this bringing me? What opportunity is this presenting? You know, years ago, several years ago, my sister friend Erica Luckett and I pinned a song together. And it was based on an essay by Howard Thurman, I will sing a new song. And it feels so perfect for this moment, this choice to be new, this choice to acknowledge. Part of the lyric we wrote says, my old song is so weary. I learned it long ago. It's that, it's that left side of the chart where if we're not open to a new way, we keep doing it the way we've been doing it. It repeats, my old song, it repeats over and over, <clears throat> pardon me, and over. And it burdens my heart and my soul. This is that energetic where after we do a thing and we stand up and we get them told and we all of that, you got a little sour stomach sometimes. You're like, did I say all that? Did I do all that? Was that, is that who I am? It burdens my heart and my soul. And then we come to ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> we come to ourselves. And in a moment we say, but don't get me wrong, that was a good song. And we know that because we know it got us through some stuff when we didn't know any better. You know I played that hand. Back then when that's who I was. But now the chorus is tired, no longer inspired. This is what I wanted to get to. Not up to the new demand. The new demand is a new mindset. It's a new awareness. It's a new way of being in that old way. It's not up to the new demand. It's not up to the new intention. It's not up to the new mission. It's not up to the new purpose. It's not up to the new relationship. Mm -hmm. The intended way of being. So what? I'm ready to sing my new song.